welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. I'm going to bring some truth to you today, friends, from the Word of God. Truth with a capital T. I believe this book. Some of you need to wear asbestos gloves holding this book. It's like liquid plutonium. This book will change and transform your life. I I get to teach this book as a lecturer. I'm a lecturer in a Bible college. I get to lead the college there at our INC National Bible College. So I'd encourage you, as Pastor Mel said, if if it comes your time to take your dedication, your commitment up to another level, I'd commend uh, the Christian Heritage College School of Ministries to you. Like, it was founded by our denominational leaders, and our denomination, the INC, the International Network of Churches, next year will be 50 years old. And it's an amazing story. Our, our great church, City Point Church, is part of this network. And uh, some 40 years ago, the leaders of our movement said we need to continue to get seriously the Reformation agenda that's on our movement which is to transform society through the power of education. Now, our movement now has four schools with over 4,200 students, transforming communities, and we've been doing that for almost 50 years. But those schools need Christian teachers who teach with a Christian worldview, a distinctively Christian worldview. So if you're 17 or 18 years of age and you don't know what to do with the rest of your life and you want to be able to pay for a mortgage one day and private school fees... Some of you may want to say, I'm going to become a Christian teacher and join the Reformation agenda of our nation that Pastor Mel was talking about before. Well, I'm getting, I haven't even spoke about Holy Spirit yet. Oh, I'm serious. Like our, our families need the truth of God spoken into our community. That's how we build a great nation. We're strong families, and families need to be educated. Children need to be educated and disciplined. And we've got social sciences there. If you're called to be a counsellor, someone to help in human services, to be a chaplain, to help people in prisons, to heal the hurts of humanity, which is one of the mandates that the Church of the Living God has, I'd encourage you to get some study. Some of you are called to business, so we've got an MBA, and all these courses that we run are all linked to our ministry college where we will teach you to be biblically sound, to be theologically um, confident and theologically courageous that you can speak to the issues of your time. Is there anybody else in here in this room in part of lunchrooms and you're sick of being a punching bag for someone's poor opinion of the gospel of Christ and the church of Jesus Christ? Do you want to be equipped and strengthened? I encourage you, get into an internship here in this church or get into a Bible college or even do both, whatever it is. I know I'm speaking to some people here today. It's time to giddy up. There's a move of God coming across our land and we need skilled, trained Confident people. I, I fly in planes a lot. I thank God that pilot did some training. I um, thank God he goes and does some more training and then he does a little bit more training after that because I land in that plane and I get to see my beautiful wife. So it's time to get serious, friends. The ways of the Spirit need trained people. Spiritful and skillful. You don't have to choose. You can have both. I know I'm speaking to some people here today. It's going to be good. Better move into my word now. So I'm going to come into the Bible. We're going to land at the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. We're in a, um, we're going to be talking today about power of Holy Spirit. And 
Some of you will know that the book of Acts is literally where the person of Holy Spirit was let out of the box unleashed when Jesus went back to heaven. It's a story about a group of believers who were gathered. And then on the day of the Pentecost, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There was this phenomenon called speaking in tongues where people were given the gift of supernatural communication and they received an empowerment to be witnesses, to be bold witnesses, to declare the mind and the glory of God to their communities, to their nations and to the known world. So much so that in the end of Acts, it said that literally these people, Christians, literally turned their world upside down. Now to crack the code today, that was because they were in a dynamic, living relationship with Holy Spirit. This is where the church was born, God's redemptive new community, a family of hope and life. This is the church. And you see the Apostle Paul transformed and then he writes a slab of letters to these new churches that over a 65-year period, you see the church expand geographically across four major geographical areas. It's an absolute phenomenon. Apostle Paul writes letters of encouragement. He teaches doctrine and teaching in his word and he speaks the word of God and he talks about the power of Holy Spirit in our everyday life. He uses phrases like it's time to walk in the spirit, to live in the spirit, to live in communion with Holy Spirit, to live a life empowered by Holy Spirit. Example in Romans 8, he talks about having the mind of the Spirit which leads to life and peace. So if you're looking for life this morning, if you're looking for peace, can I say, friends, based on the truth, the authority of the Word of God, you will find it in the person of Jesus Christ and a relationship with His Holy Spirit. We, if we get these principles in our heart, we will become God's powerhouse. We'll become carriers of the presence of God, so much so that you may even be a cafe one day and you don't even say the name of Jesus, but someone will come up to you and say, you're glowing. They won't say that you're radioactive, you've been drinking plutonium, but they'll go, there's something attractive or amazing about your life because you are a carrier of the presence of God. Gee, I've come out of the stocks pretty strong today, haven't I? I'm a kind of a fun guy. Has anybody seen this picture on the screen driving along? I bring some funnies in now, all right, like that, funnies? Ooh, that was pretty strong, wasn't it, babe? It's all right, Mom. God's good. Anyone seen this? Anyone driving along and seen this light on the dash of their car? What is it? Help me. It's an oil light. I saw that one day. I'm driving this ute, a very expensive ute, and this light comes on the dash, and I thought, my word, what, what is that? Does it look like a little Christmas icon or something like that? And I realised it's an oil lamp. And I thought, I had this epiphany. I love it when I have epiphanies. I thought, oh, I better lift up the bonnet. And I found this oil, this old dipstick. And I pulled it out. I couldn't even see a drop of oil on it. My mechanic, James, down the road, I said, James, I think I need some oil. He goes, mate, you're an idiot. Like, you're a dipstick. Boom, boom. He said, you need some oil. I said, mate, if, if you don't put oil on, this engine's going to seize. And back then, a new engine, an Isuzu, was, uh, was $9,000. Imagine trying to explain to someone, 
I need $9,000 a new engine because I didn't have oil in my car. I'm doing some youth work uh, in a season of my life and one of the young ladies in our youth group, her car began to make sort of clunking noises and over a period of weeks it was clunking, it was making more and more noises and then one day in peak hour traffic on the Pacific Motorway at Logan Home, her car seized, it came to a stop. Got a phone call, I go, I'm stuck. So we went there and the, uh, the tow truck driver pulled on. I said, mate, the, the car's got no oil in it. You've seized the engine. And I thought, who in their right mind would not put oil in a car? I'm going to a meeting one night and there's this young guy pushing his car. I felt sorry for that because like at the age of 17, that was me pushing my car. And, and the guy, I said, what's, what's wrong? He goes, I've run out of petrol again. I said, mate, how do people run out of petrol? This is me who's about four or five years experience of putting petrol in my car. And we pulled into the service station. I said, mate, you might want to check the oil. And he says, how do I do that? I thought, how is it that people can have cars and not check oil or not have petrol in, 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 their, in their car? And it made me thought that some of you are thinking, you're getting a clue. You're a smart group of people. I'm talking to us today about oil and about engines and about dipsticks, they're all metaphors for a life, for keys for the life that we're meant to be living. See, God has got a plan. If you read all 66 books of this Bible, you see some grand things and you'll, your themes, and you'll see that this book contains God's plan to live a life of peace, no anxiety, a life of freedom, not a perfect life free from pain, but power to overcome adversity. God has a plan for us to live a life that flourishes, for us to live a life where we walk life in full stride and we're not shackled by guilt or shame anymore. There's a powerful life that God is drawing us into, the life that we're meant to be living. So our lives need oil, they need lubrication, they need power, they need fine tuning, they need servicing, our lives need an owner's manual so that we can live the life, the optimum life that we're meant to be living. Some of us have enjoyed seasons like that in our Christian walk where everything's flowing smoothly, but sometimes in life, like mine, things begin to clunk and grind and don't work to the level that they're meant to be living. Sometimes I begin to wonder like why my life wasn't going forward in the purposes of God like it should have been. Why was other people growing faster or maturing faster than me? Why was I left behind or why couldn't I work through some obstacles like other people? Some of you like me may have been a season in your life where you felt dissatisfied and you had this gnawing feeling, there's just gotta be more. This can't be it. You see, other people in our Christian community have seasons of strength and refreshment. Good people. Sometimes you may feel disappointed with yourself or you have someone in your family who you're caring deeply for and they, you see someone who you love, they can't seem to shift the disappointment that they're experiencing in their walk with God. They're feeling dry and they're beating themselves up. And sometimes you think they're about to give up. You may be this morning thinking, feel like I'm going to give up. There just has to be more, surely. There was a group of people in the Bible, in the book of Acts, 
who had said yes to Jesus. And they too had begun to experience adversity and struggle and things weren't working the way they should be. And Jesus comes in and gives them this visionary shot. They've lived with Jesus. They've seen in awe the wonder and the miracles that Jesus did. And, And Jesus, as he's getting ready to leave, pulls out this cracker verse. Let's have a look on this one on the screen right now. He says, on one occasion, this is good. I'm out of synchronization. He goes this, he says, you're going to do even greater works than what I have done. Even greater works. When I first read that verse as a disciple, I think, how can I do greater works than Jesus? But Jesus gives them a key and he says, you are going to need to be filled with Holy Spirit to do this. And this is where we are in Acts 1. Oh, there it is there. John 14, I tell you the truth. Anyone who's faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these, John 14. And then he goes, I love that Acts 1 scripture that we put up there before. Thank you for helping me. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John will baptise with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thought that God, Jesus, is preparing his people for him to leave and he leaves this provision for his people, but this bold, big idea. With my power, which I have, because Jesus means Christos, anointed one, with my anointing, with my power of Holy Spirit, you can do even greater things. They question him about this and have a look at the next verse after this. He goes, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria until the ends of the earth. It's an amazing promise and we see if you read the book of accounts, you see in Acts 2, you see this wonderful outpouring of Holy Spirit and you see God's power coming mightily into their lives. It's when they receive the power, miracles and breakthrough and demons were broken off people and healings came. You see this amazing outworking of what God, Jesus, Jesus uh, promised them. There's this powerful connection when a believer opens their heart and mind to the promise of Jesus Christ that says, wait, wait until you receive power from on high because you are going to need it to live the life that I have called you to live. And what you see then is in the book of Acts, you see 28 chapters of people outworking what it means to be filled with Holy Spirit and to walk in this wonderful dimension. For some of us this morning, the truth for you is this, that the book of Acts doesn't stop at Acts 28 but it continues to live out in your and my life as the power of Holy Spirit continues to flow in our lives. It is not just a historical book or an account of a group of people, good for them but not good for us. Because Holy Spirit is present and He is available for us today and He is still baptising people in His Holy Spirit and He is still bringing His power to 
our lives. Friends, when you are baptised in the Holy Spirit, and I'm speaking to some people today, I'm going to encourage you, be open to the truth that I'm bringing you today. Some of you may have had experiences with the Holy Spirit that may have been a little bit crazy when you see God let out of the box, you see Holy Spirit work powerfully in some people's lives, you find it hard to join the dots. How does that make sense? But I know this, when the power of Holy Spirit has touched me, my life has been energised, there has been breakthrough come, and there's been a new level of satisfaction and wholeness in my life. Holy Spirit is like the lubricant of God which makes my life make sense. It is the lubricant of God which has helped bring ease to my life in dark times and it has brought refreshment and breakthrough into my life that I can see my life being refreshed and coming new and coming alive. Has anybody else experienced that in Jesus' name? There are so many times that, like in the book of Acts, it's an amazing phenomenon. A great scholar, Dr. Gordon Fee, the guy's an absolute legend, he actually wrote this about the book of Acts when all the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, this is a blueprint of the way church was always meant to be. Evangelistic, joyful, and empowered by Holy Spirit. Church growth guru, Dr. Peter Wagner, many of you know of his work, he identifies 16 different references in the book of Acts where it mentions significant growth, multiplication, or expansion of the family of God. So the Holy Spirit brings life and Holy Spirit brings growth because he is the creative genius of the Trinity. And what you see when the Holy Spirit is let loose in a church, when the Holy Spirit is let loose in a community, you see a whole heap of things happen as recorded in the book of Acts. I've got 16 different major things which happen and here's a few of them. You see this phenomena called speaking in tongues. You see people speaking as if God is speaking. And when God's people speak God's words, breakthrough, revelation and expansion happens. People are given truth into difficult situations. Wisdom is brought in to break and solve difficult problems. This is the power of speaking in tongues, speaking the Word of God. You see prophecy happening multiple occasions where the very mind and plans of heaven are declared to a group of people and they have clarity and they can move forward in confidence to build a great life, to expand the kingdom and to see many people saved. You see the Holy Spirit guiding and leading people. Don't go that way, go this way. People giving dreams and visions of where to go, who to meet, what to do so that God's, God's gospel, the gospel of Jesus can literally shake the nation and the cities and the society of the time. This is kind of like the power I think Australia needs at the moment. Anybody watch the news at night time? Our world has gone mad. It needs the power of Holy Spirit, the prophetic word and the now word of God. You see supernatural empowerment. You see discernment and supreme judgment on difficult situations. You see multiple examples of people set free from demonic forces and oppression. You see things that psychologists and psychiatrists couldn't shift, but one touch of the power of God and you see people set free in their right mind again. This is the power of Holy Spirit. You see words of wisdom 
insight for difficult situations. You see the gift of faith in operation where you see uh, the kingdom expanding. You see, you see um, Paul about to be shipwrecked and wisdom comes into a situation and all the people are saved. You see signs and wonders, healings, people raised from the dead, uh, people coming back to life. You see miracles, supernatural transportation. You see blind eyes healed. You see deaf people are here again. You see mute people speaking again. Friends, this is God's blueprint for his church and what he's calling us to do and become. This is a short summary of the work that God can do with you if you decide to open up your heart and mind to the power and the person of Holy Spirit. Now, some people, when I was growing up, I saw this at my church. They thought, I get water baptised, and then they think, oh, this baptism of Holy Spirit's a bit like an optional extra. It's a bit like, I'm going to buy a car, but I don't want to pay for the air conditioning in it. It's not like that. Like, it's meant to be a whole part of the parcel. Like, the Apostle Paul goes on in these 10 or 12 letters that he writes to the churches... He's things like this to the people of Ephesians. You write a note, Ephesians 5.18, he says this, I command you, brothers and sisters, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Not consider being filled with the Holy Spirit, but be filled with Holy Spirit. In the message it says, drink the Spirit, huge drafts of him. In Romans 15 verse 13, the Apostle Paul is speaking of the church at Rome. He says, Oh, may the God of green hope fill you with joy, fill you with peace, so that your believing lives, filled with the life energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over with hope. If your life is lacking hope and it's lacking a deep well of joy, friend, it's time to be filled with Holy Spirit or it's time to be filled up again if you've already been baptised. What I believe God wants to do here today is he wants to baptise some people with Holy Spirit for the very first time. And for some of you, you realise you got baptised a long time ago, but you leak out and your engine needs fresh oil. Psalm 92 verse 10. Even David says, God, anoint me with fresh oil. I need new oil. So there's going to be an opportunity over here if you want to top up, you want to get the dipstick of your life right now, and you go into your heart and soul and think, oh, I'm getting a bit low. I need a top-up of your precious presence of Holy Spirit. You're going to come over to this side. For some of you, I'm still speaking to you over here. You might be thinking, today is the day I've been water baptised. I've said yes to Jesus, but in my heart I know there's more. This is what the Apostle Paul's talking about. He's saying, be filled, be baptised with Holy Spirit. Have a look at what Galatians 5 verse 25 says. Since we live in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Another version says this, the Spirit has given us life, he must also control our lives. Galatians 5.25 of the message says this, since this is the kind of life we've chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not hold onto its idea in our heads or as a sentiment in our heart, but work out its implications in every detail of our life. That's what oil does in an engine. It gets into every part of the mechanisms and all the systems and it makes the engine room of your life work towards optimum performance. If you've got a difficulty or a, a, a crunch in an area, I'm going to say this, Holy Spirit needs to get into every 
area, every facet of your life. This is what the Apostle Paul's talking about in Galatians chapter 5. Can I just say this in summary? Here's the big idea on the screen like this about being filled with Holy Spirit. Being filled with Holy Spirit. Oh, we go, we go back one. I think it's just, um, go back one. Uh, no, that's right. There was, there was one in there I've got here. It says this. Being filled with the Holy Spirit was the normal experience for the early Christian church. It's the normal experience. I remember being a pastor once of a church, and they said, is this a Pentecostal church? And I sort of understood what they were saying. I said, some may call us that, but we're actually a Bible-believing church. Because the normal New Testament experience is to be filled with Holy Spirit. I felt to say that for some of you today. That's going to help you join the dots a bit. It's not an optional extra. It's not a denomination you join. It's an expression of the fullness of God that God wants to bring it in. That's why you can have people in the Catholic Church filled with the Holy Spirit, but they may not identify as Pentecostal, but they are Spirit-filled believers. Flipped into teaching gear a little bit then. So I'd encourage you, be filled, be filled with Holy Spirit. Just because it took me as a young believer about two years to come into the baptism of the Holy Spirit because God needed me to clean my life up a little bit before he was ready to give me this special gift. He is Holy Spirit. And if he had poured himself fully baptised into me then, it would have been like pouring great water into a glass that already had some milk in it and hadn't been cleaned. So God took me on this journey of Andrew, I want you to follow me with your life, but I, I, I need to work with you some things in your life. So I went on this journey of Holy Spirit, is it an optional extra? Do I feel like a second-class believer because I haven't been baptised in the Holy Spirit yet? And I'm doing some research and I came up with this, this great quote, which I don't think appeared on the screen, but here's what, here's what some, one summary person wrote. This is a great thought. They go, the work of the Holy Spirit is not just an inner transformation of new birth and sanctification, it is also a work of empowering believers as witnesses for Christ, thus fulfilling the mission of Christ. Peter presented the initial descent of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost as a mighty inauguration of the last days in which people will be baptised or filled with the Holy Spirit. His final words in the, the speech, great preach on day of Pentecost is this, repent and be baptised and you will receive the gift of Holy Spirit this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all the whom the Lord our God will call. And here's the key word, some of you need to hear this. Far from being a one-time event on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit is noted to have baptised or filled believer after believer. The book of Acts and the, and the letters of Paul show repeated and continuing empowerment of the Holy Spirit and an impartation of the powerful gifts for ministry. Um, and you see, any understanding of the Holy Spirit's work that is limited only to regeneration or salvation only is not representative of the full biblical record. It is God's desire, friend, that we be filled and continually filled 
and topped up with Holy Spirit. It's his desire. It's his command. Your life needs it and our world needs it to be in you so that your life can overflow and splash onto them. Now, I'm going to show you how to do that in a moment. But looking across this stage, I can see a lot of looks on people's faces and you're saying, I'm reading the room right. You're saying, count me into this, Pastor Andrew. Count me in. I need a fresh touch from God. Can I say this? The oil is the lifeblood to a car engine. The constant flow of Holy Spirit in your in life is essential for you to live the life that you are meant to be living. All believers need the power of Holy Spirit. And the great Pentecostal preacher, Dr. Jack Hayford, who unfortunately died last year, he says this, God wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit because however sincere we may be, we cannot on our own worship God as freely and as fully as he deserves. Number two, we need Holy Spirit because however zealous and passionate we may be, we cannot on our own witness for Christ as effectively as he desires us to. I need Holy Spirit, however capable we may be, we cannot on our own do warfare for Christ as penetratingly as he directs. We need Holy Spirit. And I know there's some times in my life where not only do I pray in my heavenly language and speak in tongues when I'm doing warfare, but our life, my wife Jean and our life, is, is characterised by times of incredible ecstatic joy. And I cannot even find the words to praise God to say how thankful I am. So sometimes I need to go down the oval and pray in my Holy Spirit language and pray words that I can't even find on my own because God deserves worship that I cannot even express in my own words. Friends, I know this. I am a spiritual being having an earthly experience. When you say yes to Jesus, your home is in heaven. So therefore, the dialect of heaven is speaking in tongues. Friends, when you and I speak in our heavenly language, we're speaking the language of home. It just sees on planet Earth, we get to speak English or Spanish or French. For some of you, that's, that's a big idea. I remember when I got that idea, it is natural for me to speak my heavenly language and it's not spooky, gobbly gook of Casper the ghost. It is my dialect of my home where my father lives and where a mansion is being prepared for me when I die and I go to be with him, I'm gonna live in a place of joy. He is preparing me to speak the language that I can talk to my father. Two quick things. When you are baptised in Holy Spirit, when you are filled full, great language, when you are filled full, when you are filled full with Holy Spirit, you get access to his anointing at a whole nother level. Now in church life, I grew up with this, this thing called the anointing. Let me give you a couple of quick definitions. The anointing is the tangible presence of God in a situation. The anointing is the realised presence of God. It is the nearness of God. Some of you may be in a meeting and somebody will sing a song 
and you feel like it's as if the angels have turned up and are singing with you, and you'll say that singer is anointed. They have the touch of God upon them. They have the smear of God. They have the favour of God upon them, and it, it accelerates their effectiveness. It takes the natural and almost makes it superhuman. The anointing of God, friend, is available for us for everyday life, and this is a hallmark of somebody who's been filled with Holy Spirit and someone who is continually full of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is the touch of God. It is the favour of God. The anointing is what makes the difference. The anointing is God's power to do what God has asked you and I to do. It's an amazing thing. I've just come to realise every morning I say, God, please anoint me for this day. I will not live any day without an awareness of the tangible presence of God because I want to make my life matter. The anointing has been defined in many ways. As a matter of fact, I think I've collected 42 or 43 different definitions of the anointing. How do I say this? The anointing is basically any attribute of God the Father that you need in any certain situation. So if you need peace, if you need hope, you need power, you need breakthrough, the anointing is the tangible presence of God. I love what Chris Harvey said on the screen. We can go to Chris Harvey now. He's been hovering. The anointing is the favour to go, the grace to do, the power to be, and the strength to continue. Does anybody this morning need some strength to continue in a difficult time? You need the anointing of God. You need the touch of God. Come on, Chris, let's hit us again. You could call the anointing the ointment of God, the empowerment of God, the grace of God, the inspiration of God, the charisma of God, the presence of God, the glory of God, the wonders of God, the love of God in full expression. Now, here we go. Here's some shun, shun, shuns. This is a good power praise. The anointing is the gifts of God in manifestation, the revelation of God in translation, the tangibleness of God, the mark of God, the brand of God, the sign of God, the wind of God, the fire of God, the seal of God, the rivers of God. Does anybody want a bit of that? I think there might be, oh, look, he's given us more. We better, wait, there's more. It is the yoke-breaking power, the inner healing power, the power to heal, the power to overcome, the power to deliver, the power to restore. Oh, does anybody need healing? overcoming, deliverance or restoration. It is the power to refresh, the power to prosper, the wisdom of God, the life of God, the strength of God, the favour of God, the Word of God. There's more. God, well done, Chris. It is the stillness of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the reign of God, the liberty of God, the breath of God, and finally, the impartation of God. It is the unction, the power to function. With every, yeah, come on. This is what our God has given us for everyday living. Isn't it wonderful? I know the anointing of God gives me a supernatural clarity and a confidence that I would never have in my natural man. I need the anointing, and it's not a magical thing we just grab or go to e-buy, I want 10 vials of the anointing. See, we've got the anointing oil, which we're going to put on some people later on. This is just a symbol. You can't buy it on eBay. But it is the overflow of being baptised in Holy Spirit, and it's the outworking of a dynamic relationship with a living God. 
Friend, the anointing is power for your and my everyday living. Friend, there's an anointing on you to be a great parent. Some of you are struggling. Like, how do I do this? I remember the day I got a revelation that, Andrew, there was anointing, there was a power of God available on you to be a great dad. When I begin to pray that, I begin to realize that God would give me ideas for my kids. Talk to my kids now. Do that. Find that. Look under that mattress. <laughs> Some of the kids there, oh, Dad, don't get any of the anointing. Dad, don't get... <laughs> you got two hours to get home and get stuff sorted out because Mum and Dad are all powered up with the anointing now. The anointing will give you x-ray vision as a parent. <laughs> you picture about this. You're struggling with your children or you want to pray accurately. The anointing helps me pray accurately for my children because I access supernatural revelation and I know what's going to happen in my kids' next couple of days and I start to pray into that. Kids say, oh, I was working with this. Yeah, I know. God showed me that. Sometimes you give little pep talks along the way. It helps you to cut things off. It helps you to, to move a new dimension. There was an anointing of me when I was an accountant of several large non-for-profits. There's an anointing on me to make money to bring expansion to businesses. There's an anointing on me to break through difficult workplaces. Some of you this morning, tomorrow morning, when you go in your workplace, I'm anointed to be here. I have an unction to function. With the appointing of God comes the anointing of God. I'm here, I'm going to carry the power and presence of God. I have supernatural insight. I can see things. You know what the anointing does? Everything around you is in slow motion and you're running at full speed. Everything goes, oh, how are you? And you just, oh, I can see what's going to happen here because God wants you to do well in your workplace. We're called to be the head and we're not called to be the tail. God wants us to bring life and revelation wherever we go. This is the anointing. This is the power of God that is made available to us. My final definition, it's the super flow of God. You ever know when you're in a day and you've got momentum, you've got flow? The wind of Holy Spirit can come behind you and move you to the dimension of superflow. Some would say, oh, like, I'm writing, I've interviewed some pastors, and they say, it's like I've hit a thermal current, and I just realise it's weightless. For some, it's like a prized athlete, ready, warmed up, brought off the bench into a game to have immediate impact and to turn a game around. This is the provision that our God has made for us to live the life we're meant to be living. Isn't he a great God? Baptism of the Holy Spirit. The second point is this. When we're baptized with Holy Spirit, we get a new prayer language that our spirit person can communicate with God. As I said, I'm a supernatural being having a natural experience. God has given me a language, a language that I can connect and communicate with the creator of the universe. My mind used to get in the way with this, guys. Can I be that honest? I'm thinking, what am I saying? What am I speaking? I feel to say this to some people. Your mind does not need to give your spirit permission to speak its natural dialect. It's an experience. It's an encounter. And sometimes our mind will try and get in the way. You take the account of Acts 2. These men are drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Yet they weren't experiencing the physical manifestation of intoxication like vomiting and whatever. They were speaking as if the oracles of God speaking languages that other people could understand. Isn't it amazing that God has given us a provision of language to speak into difficult situations? I realise through revelation 
through understanding and being open to the Spirit of God, saying, Holy Spirit, my mind and my heart is open to you today, I began to realise that the language of heaven speaking in tongues was a wonderful gift given to me, not something to fear or to run away from because I misunderstood it. There's a great book, and I've made it available to your pastor by Bill Hammond called 70 Reasons to Speak in Tongues. Now, there's many good reasons, and then like any good Australian, they take what the American does and add another. So I've got another list of 25 things which I think is the benefits of speaking in tongues. But he says this great one on page 150, and he says this, God is light and he moves in the dimension of light. When I pray in the natural with my tame tongue, I pray at the speed of sound. When I speak in heavenly prayer language of tongues, I pray at the speed of light. You want to accelerate your prayers, have a new anointing and a speed and an accuracy? This is one of the power, friends, of speaking in tongues, praying accurately and praying with potency. When we're filled with Holy Spirit, we activate the deep personhood of Jesus and out of our, our spirit will come rivers of living water, the Bible says. We pray and I, I realise I'm moving in partnership with Holy Spirit. I know over time I've been praying in tongues for a long time. I know that sometimes when I don't know what to pray about my children or in a difficult leadership situation, God will give me the dialect of heaven and sometimes it feels like it's a, war it's a warfare tongue, it's a fighting tongue. And I'll pray for 10, 15 minutes until I feel a peace, the peace of God, the grace of God, there's a favour of God for me to stop and then to proceed in because God has done the work. I find out later on that that someone said, were you praying for me or something shifted? I remember praying in tongues one day, just felt for my mum. My mum was in China. I just extracted myself from a group of people, walked around a large area for about 30, 35 minutes. Mum's in China. I ring her a week later and she goes, oh, I said, are you all right, mum? I was praying for you that day. And she goes, yeah, I'm on the Silk Road on this old bus and the, the bus lost its brakes and it was a runaway car and, and the bus driver was able to wedge us between two trucks. It's all right, Andy, I'm okay. I'm thinking, Mum, what, what's going on here? I was, Aren't you supposed to pray for me? I'm the son. Now I'm praying for my recalcitrant mum in a, in, a, in, a runaway, in a runaway truck. But God will give you supernatural, supernatural uh, intel to get stuff done. Better come to a close, eh? Better land this plane. For some of you, you need a fresh touch from God you think, I feel I am feeling dry, or you can feel. Sometimes you can feel if you're a sensory person. Some people know that God is here. It's a supernatural gift of knowing. Some of you can feel God's presence right now. We've been praying that the Holy Spirit sometimes comes across a meeting like this, and he hovers, and some of you can tangibly feel the presence of God. Sometimes it's like a wind that comes behind my neck, and I think, oh, there he is. He physically wants to make himself known. For some of you are not feeling touchy people, you just have this deep sense of knowing God is here and he's in our midst. When I open myself up to him, he will fill me afresh, he will fill me up. For some of you today, you're thinking, this is probably the first time I've ever heard an unpacking of the teaching of God's revelation of what the fullness of a normal Christian life is, the spirit-filled life, for us to walk in the spirit, to live in the spirit, to be anointed, and to move 
in community with other people in the Spirit. It's going to be your morning to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful thought.